Hi, I'm Haley, author of the book blog, Brook and Binding. I'm Maddie, upcoming debut author, and this is Lit Sis. Hi, everybody. We are back. Thank you so much for uh, understanding about our little hiatus last week. Um... As Maddie let you all know, we've got a new little lit sister <laughs> in our midst, and he's pretty awesome. And uh, and he yeah. gets to listen to lit sis live, and he's a live listener. Yeah, so he's a he's a live special. lit sister. He listener. is. Oh, and he's <laughs> yawning right now. Oh, but anyway, my. we didn't want to wait another week to get back with you guys to talk about some awesome book things um today is a really special um day because not only is the baby here but my husband max is going to be featured for a section of this today as well um but mad why don't you kind of give us an overview of what today is going to be like and maybe why or how we came about this okay so today i feel like we're hearkening back to like a season one episode like style feeling yeah Like, I feel like this is the kind of thing that would have been in season one, and I don't know why we didn't include it then, but I'm glad that we're, like, kind of spreading it out. Yeah. And I just want to also put out a warning to you all. I'm eating soup right now, so if you hear slurping slurping that sound, that's my soup. Um, So we're going to be talking about, um, as we've hinted thousands of times, I feel like, we're going to talk about um, book series that fell apart. And that is, like, a really strange phrase, but it means, like, Series that started off really strong or pretty good. By the end, we're just a dumpster fire or just maybe went on for far too long and kind of eventually lost our interest. I think all the series, though, we actually finished reading. Yep. And that's kind of why I feel like we had this, like, ability to be like, it failed yeah. <laughs> as a series. Yep. And so um, Haley and I both have two series we're talking about, and Max has a very passionate series that he will be exploring um, in between. Um, and so, yeah, so we're just going to be diving into that. So I want to start us off with, um, an honorable mention, which actually my husband brought up and I feel like it's a pretty common book series. Um, a lot, like each of us have a book series. So I have one, Maddie has one and Max has one. Um, and then there's two honorable mentions and the honorable mentions are a little bit more like well-known series and i feel like the ones that we're going to talk about are well-known but they're not like oh excuse you they're well-known but they're not oh my oh goodness, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they're well-known but they're not um they're not super well-known i guess they're not like not everyone has probably heard of them is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. so i want to start us off with an honorable mention and then maybe i can dive into my mm-hmm. my thing so, uh, the honorable mention that we were just talking about is um, Twilight. Now, I know some people don't want to admit that they've read Twilight. They think it's kind of shameful. Or <laughs> I understand of... that. <laughs> to me, actually, I have a fun story really fast. I'm going to okay. jump in while you uh, take care of this guy. Um, but This actually, is real life, lit this, sisters. This is it. This is it. You have no idea the view that I'm getting is this beautiful little boy's face. As he's being burped. <laughs> what a joy. Um, 
But actually, our mom read Twilight. And I'm five years younger than Haley, and so, like, our... It's just the right amount of time difference where it's, like, we end up being in significantly different life stages at the same time. So, like, when Twilight came out, I think Haley was in high school. Middle school. Middle school, anyway. And so I was in elementary school. And so, because she was my older sister, I wanted to do everything that she did. Um, Did you read those in elementary school? I'm getting there. Oh, my God. Um, And so I don't think I read them in elementary school, but... I think, like, in sixth grade or something like that, like, pretty, probably too young, I took my sister's copies of Twilight, or my mom's, because they read it together, and I would hide it, the hide the book that I was reading. I think I only read up until, like, halfway through Eclipse, which is the third book, but I used to hide it in the little crack between my bed and the wall, and I'd pull it out at night. Bless you. Bless you, sir. And I'd pull it out at night, and I'd read it secretly, and then I'd put it back. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and I read through two and a half books of Twilight that way. But I don't... I never finished the series. You've never finished? I never finished reading it. Really? I mean, I've seen all the movies, but I don't think I ever wow. finished reading the books. I, that could be false. I might have, but I don't remember. Well, so. I definitely think you should, because it's the rite of passage. Oh, my. I anyway, so with Twilight, the reason that we kind of brought it up as a series that fell apart, not that it actually is a horrible ending, not that you know it really dumpster dove i guess um but it i think it's just there's certain elements of it that um a lot of people didn't really like there were um i don't want to give things away hopefully i mean it's been around for a long time but this is gonna be a spoilery episode honestly um i would say like the third and fourth book the first two are pretty interesting the third book is kind of like uh what really happens in that book it's a little bit more of just like them fighting other vampires and then the fourth book is when like um the main couple get together and permanently permanently they get yeah anyway they get together and um there's a little bit of a gosh should i just like say say okay fine so they, Bella and Edward, go team Edward, get together, and she gets pregnant, but the baby grows, like, really, really fast. And it's, it's like, it's like mutant baby, but yep. it's, like, it's very strange. And then, like, the guy, I keep thinking of his, like, actual name, but, oh, team Jacob. 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 <laughs> Jacob um, like, does this weird wolf thing where he like imprints on their kid which basically means like i have chosen you to, to like be my soulmate basically yeah and it's just there's just a lot of different endings or d- different parts of this last book that sometimes people will be like um okay that's kind of weird yeah so he and basically then, like claims this unborn baby as his soulmate yeah and then um at the very end like these higher up vampires see this baby as like a threat because she has some really cool powers and is half vampire, half human. And they don't know if that's, like, dangerous or not and all this stuff. And they, like, show up and um, one of the vampires has this ability to show the future. And they do this, like, instead of actually having this big battle that is foreseen, um, it she like shows him that future and then it feels like a cop-out because then they're like okay well we don't want to 
We yeah, don't. she shows them, like, basically this battle and who who's going to die if they go forward with this. Yeah, and, like, how people are going to die and, like, all this stuff. And if they decide to, like, keep... They decide to move forward or whatever. And so that kind of is, like, a cop-out in, like, a writing sense because it's kind of like, so this is what could happen and what I, what I have written to happen. But psych, it's not actually happening. And they're all just going to go their separate ways and live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay... It's either, like, you commit and make that decision or mm-hmm. you don't. <laughs> yeah, it felt like more... What, what's her name? What is Stephanie Meyer? Uh-huh. It felt like Stephanie Meyer was, like... Oh, my gosh, baby. It felt like Stephanie Meyer was just, like, too attached to all of her characters to, like, make the author sacrifice of, like... I don't know. I think sometimes a good book series has to have some character deaths that make you sad. Like, to... For a spoiler example, Hunger Games, Finnick O'Dare... That death was the saddest. Her sister. And her sister, Prim, in the third book. Like, like seriously, so sad. But, like, it it gives you a, a dose of, like, real life doesn't always have happy endings. So a book series doesn't need to have happy endings as well. Definitely. I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. And actually, us just talking about that um, honorable mention of, like, kind of backtracking with the authors. It made me think of, actually, the series that you wanted to talk about. Mm. So, I don't know if you want to jump in with that, or we can just kind of hint at it and go about My it honorable later. mention, or my... No, your back. actual Ooh. series. We could do that. Okay, go for it. So, my actual series is, if you've been following my Instagram at Maddie Reads a lot, you'll notice that there was, like, a week that I kept posting a book, and then another book, and another book that I'd been finishing basically an entire series in a week um and so that series was the mortal instrument series by cassandra clare and it was a series that i'd always wanted to read um but i had i don't know i had like my i was a little oh excuse me i was a little on tricks had to do like demon hunting i was just like as a younger kid i was very sensitive to the supernatural world so i was like "Mm, maybe not um, and so I just didn't read it. And then when I was, um, abroad, I had a friend who bought the entire series cause it was super cheap there, um, and just read it. And then when she left, she left all the books. And so I was still there and literally like she left and I had like a week left, um, over there. And so I just, I read one of the books while she was there. And then I read the remaining five just like super fast, um, Part of it was just kind of, like, wanting to, like, get through it and actually read them um, and just be, like, like while they're here, like, I'm just going to read it instead of, like, going to the library or buying them myself. Um, but it was just one of those things where, okay, so Cassandra Clare has, so the main series is the Mortal Instrument series, and then she has this series that's, like, Clockwork Princess, I think is the first one or something like that, or Clockwork Prince. Um and that's, like, a prequel and, like, the main character that you actually meet at the very, very end of the Mortal Instruments series, the last book. And then she also has a series, I don't know what, I think it's, like, Lady Midnight or something. And I don't know what that one's about. But the the two other side series are three books each. Um, and the main series of Mortal Instruments is a six-book one. Um, and so when I was talking to Haley about this series and what I thought about it, um, I had told her that I, I was pretty sure that, like, Cassandra Clare, like, my friend had said that she read the, th- the the first three 
um, like the the one, the prequel, and she liked that one a lot better than the six. And I think that's because Cassandra Clare works better in shorter book amounts. Um, so the way that I saw that this series fell apart is that she just kind of, it felt like she was writing a complete series within the first three books because there's this main villain named Valentine. And this is going to spoil for some people who haven't read this, but if you don't care, carry on. Um, but there's this one character, Valentine, who's like this evil person. And he's really not like, I mean, he's evil, but he's not really that evil. And like the way that he's evil is confusing to me. Like he started this organization group called The Circle, but it was like they were killing people, I think. I don't know. I read this series very fast. Um, so the, the the details are a little bit jumbled. But the, the thing that I realized that I just didn't like was that Valentine is defeated after book three. And there's also all these like plot twists that she puts in. So this is going to be really spoilery. There's all these plot twists that Cassandra Clare puts in the book series that she then decides to like untwist as the main twist. So like at the end of the first book, the main character finds out that she's actually siblings with this boy that she had been liking. And they like freak out about it. Oh my gosh. And then by the end of book three, you realize JK, he's actually not her sibling. And he was just raised by her father to think he was her sibling, but he's not. So yay, they can be in love. See, that's what I was talking about with how it kind of compared in my mind with Twilight, because it's kind of like, this is what could happen, or this mm-hmm. is something that the author is like dabbling in, and then they just back off and they don't actually commit to mm-hmm. a plot twist or something that could yeah. really affect the outcome of the rest of the series or the rest mm-hmm. of the characters' lives. Seriously, or like one of the characters becomes a vampire in like the second book and is a vampire the rest of the time, except at the very end of the last book, he somehow is just like not a vampire anymore. They like well they like I didn't he, know there was like a reverse. <laughs> I know. He like gives up his immortal life, which basically takes him Yeah. Like he gives up his immortal life to a demon and because that's what the demon wants is a mortal an immortal life. And then he becomes a non-vampire again and just like lives out his life, but he also like loses his memories. But then like a hundred pages later, they give him his memories back. And I'm like Yeah, it just sounds like this <laughs> author like she can't decide or commit mm-hmm. to a specific twist. Like, it's like, she's got all these different ideas, and she's trying to jam-pack them in one, like, mm-hmm. one world that she's created. Oh, yeah. It also kind of makes me think of um, the movie Clue, mm. where they have... <laughs> it's so funny. You guys, if you've never seen the movie Clue, there's, like, 1980s movie. Oh, yeah. I highly and recommend it. the ending is literally, like, they tell you, this is what happened. And then you're like, wow, okay. And then it blacks out and then it says, or this. It could have been like this. And um, they do that like two or three times. Until the real ending. Until the ending, they're like, but for real, this. Like, they say it differently. But but actually, it went like this. Yeah, and that definitely, I totally see the comparison. And I Mm -hmm. think that just irritated me throughout the series of like, please just like stick to a plot. Or like, back to the whole thing about sacrificing your characters. Like, she never sacrificed a character that you knew for more than a book. And that's kind of, like, a cop-out, too. I yeah, think. it's like, oh, I don't want... You like, don't actually character. have an emotional connection. Yeah. That's why, like, with Harry Potter, awesome, awesome series. Oh, of course The, the very last book, like, you... Re- or even before that, it's like, 
No one is safe. Like the you're, mm-hmm. it's like Game of Thrones too, where it's like, oh, this is my favorite character. They're gonna die. Like they took control of that. <laughs> but like it, yeah. with this series, like all of the main characters like live. Like I remember distinctly thinking to myself like that she killed a character that we had known for literally maybe two hundred pages, and I was like, why? Why that person? <laughs> why do you introduce this person to us only to kill him two hundred pages later? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And and then going back to what I said about what it was felt, the point of him I don't as know. a character. I don't even know. And like I and then thinking back to it, like having Valentine be defeated in the third book, like that would have been a series, like a good trilogy in itself. Like if it stopped after that, it would have been fine. Yeah. But then she just kind of kept on. Some authors just don't know when to on. stop. Yeah, seriously. And like the fourth book felt like it was its own standalone with the same characters, and it didn't really connect very much with the fifth book. And 100%, the sixth book just kind of was, like, alone. Like, it still had some of the same, like, intriguing plot points or, like, um, like a, a villain that had been kind of, like, mm-hmm, continuing. Kind of been, yeah. But there was more main villains, like, that were different, like, in the fourth book or in the fifth book. And then this, like, other villain just kind of came in at the sixth book that had been existing but didn't really make a presence until the last book. And then she also introduced, like, like seven siblings in the last book that you, like, barely got any time with. But, like... Like, it was very complicated because there's so many siblings and, like, one was a friend and I couldn't ever figure out which one was the friend. And it was just, yeah, it just turned into a hot mess at the end. Yeah, it sounds like it. And even when you were describing it to me um, when we went for that walk, it was like, okay, wait, what? And wait, I thought he was like this. And it was just, there's a lot, and obviously I didn't read them, but mm-hmm. it just sounded like there was a lot of conflicting parts or things that could have gone one way and ended up going a different way and mm-hmm. so i know you said she has like a prequel series yes how many are in that just three? that's just three and then she's another series and that's just three so she's got like okay so so she's got like 12 books total that she's written mm-hmm, in are they universe. all in the same okay mm-hmm. it sounds like she should just focus on like if she loves the world that she's created she needs to just focus on littler chunks at a time which Mm -hmm. honestly like we've talked about potentially before but i know we have talked about personally that book series just there's kind of a limit i feel like Mm -hmm. it like a lot of times people can't they can't do more than three or four four sometimes is pushing it honestly Mm -hmm. um unless you really have a clear vision where this book series is gonna go exactly you have to you have to see your limit um do you remember this book series the 39 clues no okay so this is a very intriguing concept of a book series and i don't ever think they finished it um but it was supposed to be 39 books like very small books for like um intermediate readers Mm -hmm. um all written by different famous authors Mm. each book by a different author and each book was like a clue so apparently like all these authors were like working together to get to this final thing but it was basically like an individual story within each book but they all led towards a clue towards the bigger thing yeah i think i read like two or three of them that's a cool concept it's a really cool concept but it's like that's 39 books you're committing to and like i said like i don't know if they ever finished it mm. so if you have big ambitions you have to have a big story yeah and you otherwise everything's just gonna fall flat yep keep it short all right Haley, would you like to introduce our guest now this guest has been with us on a previous episode, and we are so happy to have him back. Hello, Max. Hey, guys. What's up? <laughs> so, Max, um, as you know, we're talking about series that have fallen apart. So, uh, we understand that you have a series that you're very passionate about that would you, you would like to talk to us about. 
Well, for me, it's not really a series as uh, the writer himself. I feel like um, he has taken quite a lot of time in um, writing his books and expanding his universe. And it's my complaint about it is that he just takes a long time. And the uh, author that I'm talking about today is Rick Riordan, the author of The Lightning uh, Thief. And the Percy Jackson series. Which I have to say, I read almost all of those except the last one because it took so long for him to publish it. And I like have gone to a few bookstores, obviously, since I finished those or since I read those. (laughs) No, you've never gone to a bookstore since. Well, and and he has like two or three others like series that have like spun off of that that like have to do with like Egyptian gods or like the Romans and like all this different stuff. And it's kind of like... Okay, dude, like, how much more you got in there? How much more yeah, where, you Where to... is the limit? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And then he just, he started writing about the Viking stuff. And, I mean, it's kind of crazy how much he, he obviously loves mythology and stuff like that. But he takes so long to write these books. By the time I was interested in the Percy Jackson theory, uh, series, I was in middle school. And by the time he was getting um or finishing those up i was already like halfway through college and by then i was kind of like you know what i don't really care to read them anymore because i'm not that young kid anymore and it doesn't appeal to me as much so i feel like he might have lost a lot of readers who Mm. really enjoyed his books and his stories at a young age but then he took so long and he had his mind so divided on other series that he started in the middle of a series that it kind of it it frustrated me and it it didn't make me like mm-hmm. want to continue reading yeah. any of his books honestly because I knew he was gonna come up with something else another series and mm-hmm. which he did four times I mean he has four different series did he start writing another series while he was in the middle of a series yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, I I don't get it. So, like, and I also don't understand with him, like, if you're writing towards a specific audience, like a specific age group, why would you take so long to write your books? Because, like, I understand deadlines and stuff like that are really hard and, like, creative juices aren't always flowing. But, like, if you're specifically, like, if you're going to take that long, I would, like, suspend publishing your first book. And then wait until, like, your second book is done to publish them. So it gives you time to work on your third. So there's more of, like, a consistent, you know, like, outflow. So it's not just, like, so maybe you would have missed the mark. But then Mm -hmm. it was, like, maybe the generations under you would have had the series come out, like, around when they were the same age all the time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I think one thing that was different is um, I got into the Harry Potter books while they were already half, like, written. Mm. Most of them were already written, but only half of them were. So I got to catch up, and then I was really excited for the next like book to come out. Mm. And with Rick Reardon, you have you like, I read the books as they were coming out, and then the excitement just slowly just seeped away. Unlike mm-hmm. the Harry Potter books, where you knew that like there was announcements and there was like another book coming, and they 
ended in the place where you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. And that's, and that, I don't feel like that's where Rick Reardon ended yeah. any of his books. I feel like it's hard to like, my biggest thing, I think I've talked about this before with series, is that like when I, I prefer a standalone because if it's a series, especially if I'm like reading the series as it comes out, I get so frustrated because like I'll read the book and then especially if the author does a really good, really bad job of connecting the f- previous book with the current book, I will forget characters' names. I'll forget mm-hmm. things that happened. Like, even if I read, like, a synopsis of what had happened before, like, I'll still, like... I saw J.K. Rowling did a great job of, like, reminding you who everyone was in the Wizarding World. Yeah. And so, like, you could always pick back up. And, like, it's kind of weird when you're, like, reading them back to back now because you're like, yes, I know Harry lives on Privet Drive. But right. it's, it was helpful when she first published them. And I think the author is kind of like, Rick are just not doing that. They're just kind of, like, just hoping that people still kind of catch on, especially, like, I feel like he would have to, he should have done it if his books were coming out, like, years and years apart. Oh, for sure. And in his, I mean, there's, in his books, there's a lot of, like, names that you have to remember and a lot of different gods and demigods and whatnot. And you're like, crap, which one is this one again? Mm -hmm. Like, what is this one known for? And then you're, oh, okay. And, like, you have to kind of, like, Google. Oh, yeah, because they're, like, half bloods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm, That would be so confusing. Yeah. I think I think it's hard with like something like mythology that's like rooted in history to then hold on Haley, she gave me a look. That's rooted in like a historical thing to then build off of that so directly because with Harry Potter going back to that like J.K. Rowling takes from lots of different like she takes from the Bible, she takes from mythology, she takes from various points in history, but then she creates this unique world that mm-hmm. you get to experience and learn with harry Mm -hmm. versus something like stemming directly from mythology instead of inspiration from mythology you have to like stick to these strict well this is this god and this is what they do and blah 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 like that Mm -hmm. so so like since the knowledge is already out there i think it, it makes those authors like feel like they don't have to explain themselves as much because like oh it might be common sense to everyone that athena is the god of war or whatever. Okay, we're going back to the Cersei um, conversation. Yeah. If you're going to talk about mythology, watch yourself. Max really likes mythology stuff, too. But I totally understand where you're coming from with that. I mm-hmm. think the author has to do... It's either... If it's something like... Okay, because I feel like Percy Jackson <laughs> is is like a mythology Harry Potter. Because he discovers that he is a demigod. Mm-hmm. And so as he's going about that and discovering it, you would think Rick Reardon would do what JK does, which is awesome, like what you just mentioned about reiterating things during um, reiterating things during each book as they came out. But that's something that he didn't do. And um, with and, and so it you just start to forget things. But if you know you're diving into a mythology book in general, you sh- I think the author has the authority to just assume you should know some of these connections, mm-hmm. which is what happens in Cersei. But she also gives like references at the back, so mm-hmm. okay, that's all I got to say about that. Okay, yes, but as we've established before, I didn't know the references in Cersei were there until like near the end of the book. I told you they were there. 
Okay, well, you know what? Whatever. Let's not get into that again. We've literally argued about it. I'm pretty sure once per season. It's fine. Um, but I, yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think probably Rick would have benefited from having the same sort of thing in the back of his books. Would you Would you say that? For sure, yeah. And then another book series that I've honestly really enjoyed and the author you guys are discovering which is like crazy because it's he kind of relates to Alex Ryder series it um is Anthony Horowitz you guys mm-hmm. are reading the more adult version books of his heck yeah we bef- are like in which he actually like mentions the writing of Alex Ryder which is pretty freaking awesome mm-hmm. and his books have spent over like spent a lot of years um but he constantly published like one almost every year until he took a break um in 2013 and then uh didn't write one for like four years and then took another break and didn't come up with another one until like 2019 but every time like a new book comes out or he mentions something about the Alex Ryder character I get like super excited because I know like those are books that I read as a kid around the same time as the Rick Reardon, uh, Rick Reardon books. But these are the ones that really captured me and like I can honestly like be excited even as an adult for. Mm-hmm. But it's probably because he did such a good job of creating a the character. character. Yeah, yeah, he, he rounded so, him and, off so much. And it's not like a character that you will easily forget. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he was like, oh, this side character in the main series, I'm going to mm-hmm. give them a whole new series, which is mm-hmm. what Rick Reardon does, too. He, like, gives side characters more of, like, dominance in other series. So I think that can also get confusing. Mm-hmm. And for you guys who don't know what Alex Ryder's series is about, is he's a kid spy. And mm-hmm. um, it's just super enjoyable. And So he's literally spy kids. Mm, he's not that <laughs> young. He's like... okay. He, I think he's like 14 So or he's the 15. Doogie Hauser of spies. He's more of like a young James Bond is okay, what I'd gotcha. compare him to. Okay. But one gripe that I have with this series is oh, that man. he has like, I don't know, like 10 or more books. I think 12 books now. And Alex Ryder has only turned like, I think, one year <laughs> in the whole like series that's and that's a lot of yeah that's for me that's like a lot that's happened in the past year and he's <laughs> changes so much as a uh, like a character and it's, it's cool to see year. him i know it's really cool to see him like grow but he's not aging he's growing <laughs> emotionally and mentally and He's not, he's but not like physically he's like the growing. most mature fourteen-year-old. I know who's seen like all sorts of things wow. that even adults haven't. Ten books—that's like a crazy adventure almost once a month. Can yeah. you imagine something like that? Like like a crazy book-worthy thing happening to you, like almost once a month for an entire year when you're fourteen. I would think I'd probably like have a mental breakdown. Well, he kind of does, honestly, in the book series. He he really it really screws him up and uh, he actually has to move. He's a British kid Ooh. who 
I forget Anthony the, Horowitz is British. I know, but at the end of the series, he moves to uh, to do yes because his um, his keeper, his housekeeper, who watches over him, dies, quote unquote. <gasps> quote unquote. <laughs> and then you just like, man, that sucks. And then the new book comes out, and you're like, hmm, I wonder what this is gonna be about. And it's like another adventure, and that like. You you kind of like foresee what's gonna happen, but you can't see all the twists and turns in the series in the mm-hmm. books, which makes them really fresh and exciting. Like every time, compared to the Percy Jackson series, which is just blah, falls I, a little short. It falls short because you got to remember so much crap that <laughs> then you just stop caring. Like midway through the book, you're like, oh, okay, I'm done. This feels like. This feels more like schoolwork instead of, uh, like, fun activity that you want to do on the side, you know? Exactly. If your fun fiction book requires research, maybe it's not a fun fiction book. Maybe for you. Okay, or not. Okay, Cersei didn't require research know, for you. I it required know. research for me. It's, an, it's a subjective variable. Okay. I think we're done here. Okay. Thank you so much, Max, for uh, being able to share an input, because I know Haley and I have very... Like, we have a limit to our knowledge of book series um, just because we don't read them very frequently anymore. So thank you so much for your input. Hey, no problem. Hey, and congratulations on your baby. Thanks. <laughs> okay, now so we're going to just... Uh, I'm going to actually go through my honorable mention. And Haley is going to go through her main series. It's a little, um, a little unheard of. And we will be right back. Also, don't forget... Maddie and I have book Instagram accounts as well as a book blog for all of the reads that we are talking about on LitSys. Maddie's is at Maddie Reads A Lot, and she does M A D D Y Reads A Lot. And Haley's Instagram is at Brook and Binding, or you can go to her WordPress blog that has all of the books she reads each month in in depth reviews. That's brookandbinding.wordpress.com. B-R-O-O-K-E and binding.wordpress.com. All right, Matt. So why don't you tell us about your honorable mention now? And I will dive into mine. Yes, I shall. So my honorable mention is, I think a series that I've hinted at before as being a series that like I've just really disliked or one that we've talked about before. Um, and this is, again, a more common series that people have heard of. Um, but I just... I have very strong beliefs that it has fallen apart. Haley does not share the same beliefs, but I truly think that it deserves to be on the dumpster fire pile. Um, and so that series is Divergent. So I remember when I first read Divergent, I was sitting on a beach tanning on our annual camping trip with our dad, and I was reading the first book, and I was like, oh my gosh, this concept is so interesting. I I loved it. Um, and then I liked the second book too. I mean, the main character, Triss, was kind of annoying sometimes because she would just do things that she shouldn't have been doing. Like, she just took everything that ever could need to be done on her shoulders and was like, I have to do it. Even though she was like 17 or 16 or whatever, and there were people who were way more qualified and older than her that could do it. She'd be like, it has to be me. And so like that would annoy me sometimes, but I would still like, I found it was really, really interesting. The twist still really captivated me. 
but I find that this one fell apart because it literally got to the third and last book and it just obliterated itself. So they live in this society. I'm sure a lot of people know about this, but they live in a society where everyone kind of has like a, like they live in, it's not a faction. Is it a faction? Mm, I think so. Yeah. yeah. They live in different factions. Um, and like one is called abnegation, which is more like this very selfless living. Like they were gray all the time. That's where the main character Triss is originally from. And then there's like a one that's like dauntless, which is like bravery people. And, um, erudite, which is the smart Why do you have people. this like weird voice going on? Right now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is this like you're reminiscing like oh this is how i used to think of this series yes. no it's set. Um, i don't even remember the last two factions candor names. candor which is the truthful <laughs> see there it comes again and then um and then the there's one, one with, like the farm the, it's, it's like they're the happy trees. and they're wearing uh-huh. yellow <laughs> yeah that would have been mine <laughs> yes it would have been. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so um anyway, so it's so at like a certain age you have to like make like you get like this test done and like it tells you which faction you might be suited was best suited for. No then, matter where you no grew matter, up. No matter where you grew up. And then based on those options, you choose where you're gonna be. And so the main character Triss basically completely like ties with like three different ones. Hello. We have another baby, by the way. Um, I'm holding Haley's niece. We're basically a daycare now. Uh, it happened during the break, so we needed more funding. So yeah, so uh, so uh, we're doing a daycare on the side. Um, but basically, it means that like she is. It's called divergence when she like equally is the like three different factions. Yeah. Um, and so it's like unheard of. And she's special. And she ends up choosing the Dauntless faction. And it basically, the first book is really interesting because it's the world-building book. Oh, okay, kid. Which, every book series, I think, like, the first one usually is really hopeful because you are having the world-building. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with Divergent 2, I can totally see where the first book really hooks you in which i think which i think the reason you don't like how the series ends is because it completely destroys the society that they lived in it's all like a facade yeah it's not like they actually kind of do physically destroy it in a way because they do i think they bomb it i don't Um, remember they like destroy but it ends up being that like this is what i hated it felt like the author did veronica roth did not know where she was going with the book series when she first wrote it. Like, it felt like she had this, like, beautiful idea, and then she got to the third book, and she was like, I don't know how I'm going to end this, so I'm just going to make it kind of like Twilight, mm. this weird, like, everything's not as it seems ending, and it's dumb. I hate it when people do that with worlds, because it's like, you've built this world up to be interesting. Don't make it fake. Don't make it be Which false. is essentially what she did. They basically, like, get out of what's supposed to be, like, it's supposed to be Chicago, but like in the far, far future. And what really had been going on was that they, their society had been closely watched by people. And it had all been this like social experiment to try and like rebuild the human race after like some like devastating. It was like a big disease yeah. broke out or so something. So they were like trying to see the best way society could work. So they made up this whole faction thing. And like Triss's like mom or her grandma or something i think it was like her mom it was like not very far apart from her was like part of the original people that moved there and knew it was Mm -hmm. a social experiment Mm -hmm. 
And so, like, they ultimately realize that, like, they need to, like, like, end it. And, like, there's, like, this really evil person. I don't even remember. I read it so long ago, like, sophomore year of high school. Yes, that is a dog. Um, and it's just the, I don't know, it's, there's, and again, goes back to the whole thing of, like, Tris feels like she needs to do everything for everybody. And so, I'm gonna big, big spoil here. Big spoil, but she ends up dying because she sacrifices herself when anybody else could have done it. Yeah. And it would have been fine. Like, she had to, like, go through this, like poisonous gas thing but it wasn't really poisonous and then she got shot and she dies see okay so now i'm gonna kind of fight this a little bit i also had more time between the second and third book when i read them so i think i had a little bit more open-minded perspective on what was going to happen um i definitely agree that she didn't have to die but i know a lot of people were really happy that she did for one as a strong writing choice as an author with that i I agree with that as a writing choice for an author because a lot of times they don't kill off their main character a lot of times it is the main character you know just is able to survive all these crazy things and which she does in some time in some ways so i think it's the way she dies too is very simple so i feel like all the other ways where she was like invincible you know it's kind of like actually she wasn't and this little thing could is what destroys her, which what people didn't like. People didn't like that. I think the thing that I don't like is that, like, she was already built up to be this character that, like, didn't listen to what anyone did. So when she did die, it was because she didn't listen to anybody else and made the decision herself. And so I didn't, like, I wasn't like, wow, what a good, strong character choice. I I was like, man, Tris, you freaking should have listened to somebody because now you're dead. And that was, like, my experience of it. And, like, our dance teacher growing up, um, she was also into the series. And we all went as a company and went and saw the first movie when it came out. Also a sign that the series wasn't that good is they only made uh, – they were going to split the third book into two movies. And they only made one of the movies because it did so badly. So it was never fully finished. Yeah. So it just it, – it just it felt like Veronica Roth didn't really have a <laughs> – kids didn't have a way that she was going with the series and just i have spit on me now and was just kind of like like oh what would be cause the biggest upset nothing was real and i just felt like the characters deserved more than that and i wanted more than that than what she gave i guess that's valid okay so now i'm gonna dive into my actual series um and this is a series that we is actually becoming a, a movie it should be i'm pretty sure it is, what is this? oh yes yeah, i'm pretty sure it's becoming a movie so i'm not gonna give any spoilers it. no it's Eliz- no. Uh, uh, elizabeth uh, banks elizabeth banks i know it was someone we liked um and so i'm not gonna give any spoilers away because i know there's gonna be some stuff that's coming out with it um and this is the red queen series it is a four-part book. I don't know. What are those called again? It's a, it's Qu- a, quad, it's quadtuplet. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a four-book series. I can't remember. There's a special word for What's it. It's a three-book one. Trilogy. Trilogy. I don't know. Why did I forget? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so with Red Queen, again, it's this whole amazing world-building thing. And I do want to mention really quick, a lot of these, if not all of them, I think we've mentioned, are YA series. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah I, think so. 
I don't know if there's any connection with them being YA and the failure of them in the end or the struggle of them in the end. Um, but I, I definitely know like series can fall apart that are adult as well. We've just read a lot of YA because the, the other world building is so interesting. Like I feel like the YA series catch our attention more than probably an adult series. I feel like the adult series is more people-based, like relationship and family-based series um, versus like it's a whole big world. Because I think automatically when you consider – I think Harry Potter really set – no, Lord of the Rings probably really set this up of this whole like world-building thing is kind of very much built towards a younger audience – because, like, I, I guess it's really sad, like, kids and younger people are meant to have a little bit, are, like, expected to have more imagination and more time to really invest in a, a new world. So I feel like if a series is, an, a, like, a fiction series um, for adults, it is not going to be necessarily this whole new world. It'll be more just, like, following groups of characters for years on end. Yeah, except I would say with, like, Lord of the Rings or like Game of Thrones or something like that. But still, those are like fairly, well, not Lord of the Rings, fairly realistic people and characters, but it's like fantasy world. There's probably a lot of fantasy series out there that are for adults that we haven't read. And um, if you have any recommendations, please let us know because we love reading new material. Yeah, we do. Um, But so with the Red Queen series, again, it's this whole world building thing. And it's based on the color of your blood. So there's silver bloods and red bloods. And silver bloods are supposed to have magic powers like um, electricity and controlling like metals and stuff like that. And... um, the red bloods are like kind of their servants, I guess. Very they're, sad. they're like, the, yeah, they're kind of like the they're kind of like the normal people, but they're treated like crap. Yeah, it's kind of like um, in Hunger Games, like as the numbers get higher and like their groups, the less they're like respected, I guess. But it's just like the success, like the the silver bloods that like have all the power and money and whatnot and then the red bloods and so there's this girl who is a red blood what is her name again mayor thank you which every time i hear or read her name i always would think bone marrow me too thank goodness because i was like it's too close for it mayor barrow mayor barrow barrow but it's it's with an a so i would think it's barrow yeah it's just weird i was like bone marrow is here again oh yeah so we have Mare, who she is a really fun character. She, you know, comes from kind of a rougher area as a red, but she um, gets this opportunity to be like a servant, I guess, in um, the courts of like the royalty people. Well, yeah, she meets the prince, which is how she gets the whole connection. He's. The first book is super, super good. The first book is so good, and I wish the rest of the books were like it. Because, like, in the first book, the Prince Cal is, like, undercover, like, giving people money because he's a nice person. And she, like, meets him, and he, like, offers her a job to be a servant in the Well, castle. don't give things away, Matt, because this is going to be a movie. I'm not trying. That's just part of, that's part of the plot. 
Okay. That's the plot. That's the beginning of the first Anyway, so she gets this opportunity. I was just going to be a little more vague about it. She gets this opportunity to be in, like, the royal courts and stuff, and he's like, I can help you, you know, get um, better pay and take care of your family better and stuff like that. And because her dad is handicapped, so he can't really help um, bring in any money anymore. And lo and behold, she... The lo and behold, she has um she's like starts to witness this like um i don't even know what to like call a courting, it kind yeah, of like a courting ceremony thing where prince cow yeah and where all of these like other silver-blooded families that have like nobility and stuff are like offering up their daughters for um potential being this potential suitor for the prince and they all have powers yes okay yeah they all have these unique powers specific to their families as well yep so with that she's like watching it and stuff and this is kind of a spoiler but you kind of need to know this to get the premise she like falls into the arena and has essentially i'm not going to say what happens but we find out she has powers. But she's a red blood, though. But she's a red blood. So that's, like, the main premise. And as the four books go on, there's a lot of, like, rebellion, you know? It's, like, this dystopian world or whatever. But there's rebellion. There's people who are trying to fight the the royalty people and trying to get better rights for the reds and all this stuff. And in general... The series, there's a lot of characters that you can't trust, which is super interesting, especially the first two books. You find yourself being like, okay, I really like this character. And then they like twist on you and you're like, what? A common phrase in the book is anyone can betray anyone. Exactly. And that is super, super interesting. Even like, I would say the first two books are very strong. And then third book comes around and it's a little bit more like... Okay, something pretty big happens at the end of the second book, which causes the events of the third book. But all in all, the third book is kind of dry. And then at the end of the third book, going into the fourth book, it's just like a lot of fighting. And it's just like the fourth book is literally just like battle after battle after battle. And you can only read about battle so many times, I think. My imagination kind of ends after, like, the third battle in a series itself. So, like, eventually I'm just, like, at the end of a a fight scene, I'm like, okay, I don't know what happened, but who's dead? Yep, I totally feel the same. I'm not, and I've said this before, descriptive things, like, writing, that's very descriptive and, you know, like, we were just reading a book, um, we're reading a book again together this week, and... It's like, oh, yeah, the corridor, you walk down, and this is what the house looks like, or this is, like, a the bedroom and stuff. And I told Maddie, I was like, okay, so give me the bones for, like, the structure. Like, I don't really care about what color the wallpaper was, and I don't really care about this. I just want the meat. And so... I feel like with the fighting and battles too, that's what Maddie was saying. It's like kind of after a while, you're like, okay, great, more fighting. And I can't actually picture this super well, which I guess this is maybe why they want to turn it into a movie because yeah. there's a lot of action. Maybe it would be better as a movie series, honestly. It probably could if they finish it. <laughs> um, but I think it really fell apart because at the end, it was very much like, you know, I, like I said, with the, with the, battles 
I just kind of lost interest. It was hard to pay attention. And we like really forced ourselves last summer to sit and read it. Like we didn't really, we would like quarantine ourselves to just read it. And I, again, I, I know I'm being pretty vague with this one because I know there is potential of it coming out and I, as a, a movie and I don't want to like, I guess, spoil anything. But the fourth book, the very ending, it just, again, kind of feels like a cop out in a way. Like, I don't know. It just really, really bothered me. So that's where I'm going with Red Queen. That's the one that I would say falls apart for me a lot, mostly because of the fourth book in particular, it kind of just felt like a wasted book because I, I really feel like if she tried her best, Veronica Roth, no, that's not her name, Victoria Avayard, <laughs> uh, she could have put everything in the three um, if she had tr- if she tried, if she really wanted to. Um, and then there's like some of these other side stories, some of the other characters that are somewhat interesting, but also you kind of get like meh about... Um, but yeah, I would say that's my series that I feel like fell apart. Mostly, like I said, because of that ending and the battles and literally like the very, very ending of how the characters end up themselves too also felt kind of like a cop-out ending. So I feel like we can say, and Mad, you can agree or disagree, mm-hmm. but with all of these series, it felt like the endings just fell flat mm-hmm. or there were cop-out moments that the author was offering or had. So that's that's it. I feel like that our our lives are are falling apart right now. We don't have we don't really have time to talk about anything else. Mad really quick, why don't you just tell everybody what we're reading? Um well we're reading Ruth Swe- Ruth Ware's Lock Every Door series uh not series book. So this is her fifth book actually and she has kind of been taglined as the Agatha Christie of this um this century. So she has amazing books i think there's only one of hers that we've not been super excited about but she comes out with one pretty much every year if not every year and so um we're extremely excited to to get digging into this we're about 200 pages in so about two-thirds of the way um and we're absolutely loving it big fans of ruth Ware. her writing is always so intriguing um, so yeah, that's what we're reading right now. And, and I do want to say one more thing. Um, although we do complain about these book series, we do also respect the time and effort that these authors took into writing them and all the blood, sweat and tears I'm sure that was poured into them. And we completely understand that our opinions are very subjective. And if you like loved these series, feel free to continue on loving them. For us, they just fell a little bit flat. Do you have anything else to say, sis? No, why don't you sign us off? All right, well, thank you for taking a break from reading. Now go flip some pages. <laughs> Can I change his poopy diaper? Yeah. Well, he keeps pooping. Like, there's more that keeps more coming, poop. so I think let's wait a second. Okay. You want to record and then make, make husband change the poop? <laughs>